Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Jess, before I called you today, I had to call my mom for a few minutes this morning, and she was asking me what I was doing, and I was like, well, I'm editing, and then I'm getting ready for an interview with this like really cool feminist mom who's a stripper. And the first mm-hmm. thing she asked me was, well, what's her stripper name? And I said, well, I didn't ask her. And she goes, well, Madigan, that's the first question you ask. And I was no. like, sorry, mom, do you have a stripper name? I do. And it's Jade because I have <gasps> green eyes. Not that you can see green eyes in the black light or like anybody's looking, but. But it's your own yeah, it's personal Jade. like thing. Yeah. And it's I all about your it. own. It's about your own confidence. Wait, you said you didn't pick it or you did pick it? No, because when I started, I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to throw up everywhere. I tried to get out of taking my top off my first day. Like, I had no business being in there. But I was like, I don't know. And the girls looked at me and their names were Destiny and Angel. And I'll never forget this. And they were like, what's your name start with? And I'm like, a J. And they're like what color are your eyes? I'm like, oh, my green. It's Jade. And so, and that I is a very that. common stripper name. There's been more time than one, a girl will come in and be like, can I have the name Jade? Right. No. And it's happened to me to where I've had to change it to a different one and go by that. Do you have other but, names then that you like? What are some other names oh, that you've I used? I went by Cecilia for a long time. Ooh, that's a very, I think Cecilia is a very sexy thing. name. Oh. He's like, you you bitch. And I'm like, but I love you. <laughs> That's why. That is hilarious. But I think it it's a very sexy awesome name though. That. Yes. I love that one. And I was that for a long time when I wasn't allowed to be Jade, but Jade was like my first one. It's the one I'm most comfortable with. And I, I mean like most, most dancers won't like tell you their real name, but I'm open about what I do, obviously. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm Jade. And I respond to it. Sometimes I forget that I have another name. Yeah. Well, I think that it's like people responding to nicknames that they're used to. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, if you're called something long enough, I assume it would kind of be the same way for like drag queens and things like that. Like you're so Mm -hmm. used to this separate persona that you do start responding to it because I think in a way, like it almost, it's a very like Beyonce, Sasha Fierce moment where like Jade lives within you somewhere. Like it's still part of Jess. So you would like yes. respond to it in and a way. Jade is a menace, you know. I love <laughs> Jade her. is the menace she side is. of Jess, and like when Jess steps <laughs> out, she has to be less of a menace. And you then... know, and Jess is still a menace. Like so, I'm like that's why I like it, you so much. It's the same person, but like in an unleashed environment where I can do it. But I love that your mom wanted to know. I love her because she, I talk about her way too much. <laughs> no, but my she, mom is my queen. So I get it. But she also wanted me to ask you what my stripper name would be. If you could Mm -hmm. name me. Okay. 
My mm-hmm. eyes are weird, so I don't know if it could be mine are no, like. No, it can be whatever you want because I, I keep trying to convince everybody to go by lyric, and nobody wants to do it. Okay, I'm like, but I'll I work. You. I work with a lyric, though. I don't think I could do use you? lyric. She's oh, so she sweet. Would be, you know what? My cousin Cecilia all over again. Yeah. Oh God, no! I'd feel so. <laughs> I'd feel so weird about it. Um. Let's see. I. Oh wait. I feel like I just had one. Madigan means little dog. Does it? It does. Uh, you weird? know what? I would do. I like Sophia because it's graceful, feminine, beautiful. It's one of my favorites. I like that. I like um, just like when naming dogs, like real people names. I like the idea of me having like a person, like a human name. I guess like Destiny and Angel, like all those are like anything can be a human name nowadays. But like you think of a more classic name like Sophia. I love old lady names. And I do. I do. And I love Golden Girls. I can be like Sophia from the Golden Girls when I'm stripping. And you can be like, picture it. Yesterday, I was already (laughs) sick of your shit. And here I am. Picture it. Yesterday, I had my tits out in your face. <laughs> yes. Picture it. Yesterday, you said you didn't have money and you're back here today. Again, oh, my God. Have money. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I could ask you questions about that already, but I'm going to try oh, to stay on task a little bit. But first of all, I want to know how you got into stripping. Were you a dancer growing up? What was your calling to stripping? No. No. So my calling was I was an 18 year old single mom and I was broke and I thought I was going to join the military, which is hilarious now considering my views. But um, I found out that I would have to sign custody over of my oldest son. And I was like, there's no way in hell. This is my little best friend and a girl. This is the best part of it because women coming together, we had been dating the same man (laughs) and you know this was 2007 so it wasn't like women supporting women no it wasn't 2022 so but eventually we got to that point and I'm like I need to find something to do like I need to be able to provide for us I don't want to stay with my mom um forever even though I love her. But so I was like, <laughs> I want a job. And she's like, I bartend at a strip club. And these girls make so much money. And I was like, I will be there tomorrow. <laughs> so I went in. So it was nothing that you'd ever like thought of on your own before. It was purely oh, no. someone else's suggestion. No, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be the first woman president. And <laughs> I am going I mean, you still to can be. be. You know. I think about it sometimes because I am a political science major and I'm like, I love politics. But then I'm like, the sad thing is I'm like, how would I be terrorized? I think you by, can handle it. I think you, you know, could. I, I'd from hope how, so, from then, the way I know you now, just a little bit, yeah. I think that you could take it. I think that you would have I, the perfect comebacks to anything anyone had I to mean, say about my your meme game is on point. So <laughs> it would just be me responding with memes and they'd be like, you are literally a public servant. Can you tone it down? Um, I'm going to be making TikTok dances. Compared like, to Donald Trump, you don't need to tone <laughs> shit down. You're good, right. girl. You're good. Oh, my God. Um, so my mom was like, you go. I'm going to go up there and pass out Bible pa- packages. And for anybody listening, like I grew up in a weird household where we're Catholic, we're Jewish. My father's Jewish. My mother's Catholic um, and a Jewish 
in the Jewish religion, it's matriarchal. So yes, my father's Jewish. My mother's Catholic. Nobody converted. It was just a very weird time for everybody. So um, <laughs> you get like, the best of both worlds up there passing out pamphlets. And I was like, if you do that, I will not stop until I find the worst nursing home possible for you. You're not going to ruin this for me. I went and my mom is like my biggest fan now. It was like two nights and she was like, that's fine. You're still getting up and handling your responsibilities. Cause I think that's what right. she was worried about. And, um, you know, my father struggles from addiction. So like stereotypes, she's yes. worried about that. Yeah. You know, terrified. But, um, lucky for her, I'm an awful drunk and I suffer from crippling anxiety. So yeah. That's right. We were talking about that in our first meeting too, because like, you know, my dad is an alcoholic and I am very Irish. My full name is just as Irish as you can possibly get, but I can't handle my liquor to save my life. I swear I had alcohol poisoning um, after Max's birthday a couple weekends ago. I just mixed a couple of things and I smoked a joint when I got home with him and then immediately got super sick. And I was like throwing up until 2 PM the next day. So I'm like, Alcohol and I don't vibe. Yeah. I need to just stick with weed for the most part and wine. Other than that, like mm-hmm. I get I get in trouble. So I'm I feel blessed in a way because of that, because I know I don't have to worry about at least alcohol addiction. <laughs> um, I think otherwise I probably have a pretty addictive personality, but like mm-hmm. luckily I don't have to worry about that. Well, and I think that that's a really common myth about strippers, just from like mm-hmm living in the world that strippers are people who are addicts, like supporting their addiction or they're, you know, like unable to get jobs elsewhere because they're not educated or like, I feel like there's a lot of really negative stereotypes surrounding stripping and why someone would start stripping. And I think that you talking about your experience with that is really important to know that like, it's not the people that we think of as being on the fringes of society who are Mm -hmm. choosing this as a career path. This is for a variety of different people who choose the job for a variety of different reasons. Yes. And I think like with that, for me, mostly like I, I do it sober, but I've also did it since I was 18. So I'm used to it. Um, And when they do that, I'm like, okay, but you should be supporting those people and the most marginalized among us because there are still so many of us that are in school or somebody's parents. And I think it's easy to dehumanize strippers and sex workers as a whole to be like, oh, they're all drug addicts. They're all, what else? Like thieves. And like, we are all just the lowest of the low and subhuman. And that makes it so much easier for when we're stalked or harassed, raped, and even killed to write us off and not care. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and even back to stage names, like we don't use those to be cute or sexy. We use those because you can't track us down Uh that way. Mm -hmm. And And men um, should be thinking about that. I think that, that that's something that people don't think about that should be so obvious down to the fact that we don't call strippers by their real names and it is Agreed. for protection's sake. You know if what I mean? Like that's a pretty people, big sign right there. When they come in and they're like, what's your real name? Like, I'm going to give you a fake real name. I'm not even fighting with you at this point. Yeah, I the am, fact that you're asking is creepy. You know, and they will insist or they'll be like, well, this is my stage name and it's supposed to be a joke. 
And I'm like, okay, I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Um, I'm not going to push it or demand a real name because that's your personal boundary. So and could this you is my personal ours? boundary. Yep. Yeah. So it's wild to me when they, they need to know because I'm like, you are never going to see me again, you know? So why does it matter whether it's my real name or not? And this is my job. Right. And that's the other thing is that when you are coming to someone's place of employment, you're not there to get to know them personally. Like small talk, I think, is part of like pretty much every job. And that's what should be expected when you come to a strip club as well. It shouldn't oh. be this like I I demand to know personal information about you, because if someone came up to me at my job and started immediately asking me really personal questions about myself, that would be automatically inappropriate, but yet people don't have those same boundaries. And I think that's because just from the little bit of research and stuff that I've read in preparing Mm -hmm. for, you know, chatting with you today, a lot of people from what I've read come to strip clubs also for like emotional intimacy in a way and feeling close to people and having someone to talk to. And that's not really what you're there for, (laughs) you know, like, but I'm sure I you do it. it. Those are my favorite. Those okay, good. Favorite. I have so many customers that come in and when you're, they're like, what happens in a champagne room? I'll tell you what normally happens. Normally we're watching YouTube videos. We're talking about life. I have my favorite customer ever. They come in, we order DoorDash, <laughs> we sit in there and show each other the best memes we've found all week. And you get paid for my that? favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I have more like champagne rooms. So what that is, I guess I should like. Yeah. Explain, explain what like, that is. That goes bit. by time instead of per song. So like if you do a okay. private dance, you're paying per song, but you can go in a room and just get like 30, 15 minutes to an hour, whatever you want. And there are so many customers that come in and you go in the champagne room for the time as opposed to like just a dance like per song you go in and I watch movies we watch stand-up comedy we talk about life oh my gosh do you get paid There's a therapist one. fee because for me I'd be like I you know if I I'm helping it. you with your life shit you got to be paying me mm-hmm. 300 bucks an hour like my therapist yes. <laughs> and um there's one and I swear he used to come in and he would show me karate moves To the point my manager would see this on camera and be like, (laughs) are you guys really fucking fighting up here? Is everybody okay? I'm up there learning judo. Leave me alone. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, this all sounds like the most wonderful, fun thing. And I'm about to go run out and get a job as a stripper. But I'm wondering if you've had any experiences then with somebody that maybe you didn't want to be in a champagne room with, or that made you really uncomfortable or anything like that, because I know it must not be all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Oh no, no. And I think that's like part of the misconception with people when they think about it, it's either the money and the joy or it's the trauma that we face instead of a nuance. Like it can be both of these things, all three of these things. Yeah. And it's complex. So um, recently in February, I was assaulted at a club that I no longer work at. Um, I have implants and a security guard watched the camera, watched it unfold and said, when I got out, he had grabbed me so hard in my implant. I thought (gasps) it had ruptured. Um, 
And he said, you did a really good job of controlling him or fighting him off or something like this. And I'm like, you watch this. Uh, That was going to be the first thing I said. Don't compliment me on how I was able to fight off my attacker. If you were sitting there and saw something happen, you should have stepped in. That's your job. And that's what you're paid for. And so. um, Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I was upset. I mean, and this for me, you know. Not that anybody should have to deal with abuse or be used to it. This isn't even the first time this shit's happened to me. Right. So, which isn't okay. um, (laughs) Right. So, I had to go get an MRI to make sure my (sighs) implant wasn't ruptured. Um, I do have nerve damage from it. So, it like it's. Did they pay? Did you get compensated for all of your. Oh my God. (gasps) I'm getting to the best part because. When I see people glorify stripping on TikTok, do I love my job? Do I love not having a schedule? Uh, Yeah, but there are also parts you can't just throw somebody in and be like, you're going to make so much money. That's unfair to do to somebody. So I um, left and I came back and I come in and they're like, he's here. And I'm like, who's here? They had let him back in after all of this. So I begin crying. Of course, because PTSD trauma. (laughs) Yes, I'm like, why the hell is somebody um, that assaulted me allowed back in? And they're like, especially if it was on camera, and you know, you know, recorded. It's been seen. Uh, You need to calm down. You're making a scene. If you don't quit, you won't be allowed to work here anymore. I'm like, so I can't call the police I can't file a police report you can't give me his information so it was like and also you're asking me to quit like that I don't ugh. yeah I mean and I you want to get back. any of the benefits and the things yeah I don't blame you I would be I'd be on the floor inconsolable and the fact that they would be like you're making a scene you need to calm down is like absolutely fuck off were these men that were talking to you of course okay yes. good and I figured I just needed clarity just, yes it was an older man and I was like, looking back, I wish I would have caused more of a scene. I was like, I should have at least smacked something off like mm-hmm. the bar before I and left. You, just, well, like, you would have been justified in doing so. Yeah. And I, I just froze up in that. And I like to think like I am like a, an angry feminist. Obviously, this is one of my <laughs> favorite podcasts. I love to think that. But in that moment, I had just froze up because I'm like, what in the fuck? Well, sometimes is- we can't always have our bravest moments in the time when we are in the most fear. And I think that even having the ability to look back on it and be like, yeah, I did make a scene. I cried. I did this. I think that that was your show of mm-hmm. anger in that moment, even if it wasn't you doing like the judo moves that you had learned. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that there's different levels of that and we need to not beat ourselves up about because we all have arguments or breakups or, you know, big things that happen. And we think back and you're like, oh, if I could have said that thing to his face, or if I could have just smacked him right there, not that violence is okay. But like, you know, you have those thoughts where you're like, that would have been the perfect moment for this exact thing that I really want to do. And you didn't do it. You have to acknowledge the fact that like, you already showed a lot of power, even in your vulnerability. Because I think that a lot of times like older men will see that and just see it as making a scene. But I think that 
that still makes a statement, hopefully to your employer or previous employer, that hopefully something needs to be changed. I don't know. That's I think that that is so unfair and ridiculous. So I'm assuming you ended up quitting. I quit. And unfortunately, nothing was done to the the management or the security guard. But like that is another thing that kills me because it gets swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And I think about it and I'm like, we really hold no power, but we're the ones making these clubs money. Ooh, yeah. You know, 100%. And it, I guess it upsets me because I'm like, I see all these beautiful people that I work with, that I dance with. We bring in money, you know, and if it wasn't for us, the business wouldn't be. There'd be nobody here for this purpose. But to disregard us in that way, like we're subhuman, the way other people already disregard us is disheartening. Yeah. Um, you would want at least your place of work to be somewhere where you all have an understanding about how people deserve to be treated in that space. Oh, agree. Agree. And that is, I think about it more. And in my, in the per, in the past few days, because I've been nervous to come on. Um, like, is stripping really inherently feminist the way I told Matt again, I thought it was. And I'm like, the act itself and saying fuck patriarchal rules right. and what is proper and who's a lady and who's not and who's acceptable. Yes, that is inherently feminist in itself, but the industry is not. Mm-hmm. And I think in Ohio, the last time I checked, I don't think there are any like women owned and operated strip clubs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe you could start one. <laughs> I would love that. I would be like, You'd be like a den mother. You'd be amazing. Or or the me. Oh, we call them house moms that take care of everybody. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what you would be. Some of my favorite people because they will bring like snacks and they're there if you need like spray, deodorant, wipes, what a a tampon. Some Uh of the and not every club has one, but I'm like Earth Angels. I love it. And I'm sure you're um, that to a lot of people. But I, I understand. I think that most industries are not inherently feminist. I don't mm-hmm. think that that stripping is necessarily different in that sense. And I think that you can you can have that way of thinking about pretty much any job or any industry simply because we're in a capitalist society. Right. Nothing that we do is really inherently um, you know, feminist, you know, as far as our jobs go. But I was so excited to have these conversations with you because I think that anytime that you have made a choice for yourself that you're happy with, without having other people's opinions get in the way of that, and you're able, I mean, you are, we haven't mentioned this yet, but you're a mom of three boys. Mm-hmm. You work incredibly hard. You organize a lot of different like feminist protests and things like that in your area. And you work really, really hard. You've made all of these choices for yourself and you feel good about them, which is inherently feminist. That makes me want to cry because I'm like, <laughs> I could be doing more, you know, and then I'm like, that's capitalism. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're and you're doing it exactly what you want to do and you're thriving at it. And honestly, I'm a mm-hmm. little jealous. You know what I mean? Like Stop that's it. no. And, and I think that that's something that women beat ourselves up about so much because we are constantly as feminists asking ourselves if the choices that we're making are aligning with the like persona that we want to give the world as feminists. And oh, that 110%. is so damaging. And it's the opposite of what it should be about. We should be accepting whatever anyone's career choices, choice with their body, choice with their whatever, whatever floats your boat is fine with me oh. as long as you're not hurting anybody. <laughs> oh, like as long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself, right? Like, please do whatever the fuck you want. I think that's why I think swerfs are so weird because I'm like, if it is a choice to be a dancer or a full service sex worker, why do you care what another woman or person I'm speaking in the binary because it's normally cis women that dance, but I mean, yes, there are also non-binary people that present them that dance. Like it's and I'm sure inclusive. they have a different type of discrimination that they're dealing with too. You oh, know what I totally, mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, and so when they come up and they're like, well, you can't be a feminist and a, a sex worker. And I'm like, well, one who fucking asked you. I didn't ask you and who died and made you the queen of feminism to tell anybody else. And yeah, where's that written down? Right. Like you can't be a feminist if you're not advocating for everyone's liberation Mm -hmm. and equity. And I either it makes you uncomfortable because I do what I do. And, you know, my labor gets exploited the same way anybody else's labor gets exploited. Exactly. And it's a choice that I'm making for myself. And then they'll bring up sex trafficking and things like that. And I'm like, that is completely different uh-huh. than willingly going to a club to dance yeah. or willingly engaging in any type of sex work. And it's dangerous to clump those things together because they're different. <laughs> like, oh. oh, yes. Being, being trafficked and forced to strip or be in sex work is different than applying for a job and working. And the fact that like there are times where those things will be clumped together. And I wonder if there is some sort of like historical reason behind that. If they used to be a little bit more, you know what I mean? Like the history of sex work is vast. <laughs> so I think I, have to do like an in-depth. <laughs> I'm going to do a history on- of sex work episode and I'll bring you back on and we'll talk about it. Cause now I'm curious, that. but um, yeah, I, there's got, I wonder like how our perceptions of that have come to be. And I think it is because you know, there was a time where it was desperate women, mostly who were having to sell their bodies in order to take care of themselves and their families. And there was this heavy stigma around it, which is why I think that, you know, cis women have their own level of challenges in that because of the patriarchy and how we expect women to behave and get married and have kids and be stay at home moms and be modest and not have a foul mouth. And, you know, there's all of these things that historically we've been expected to do and stripping kind of slaps all of that in the face like modern stripping kind of slaps all of that away a little bit. And I wonder if that's why people will have that knee jerk reaction because we've been ingrained to think a certain way about. Yes. And I think it's easier to do that than, you know, society will deem strippers, any kind of sex worker. And I mean, I can only myself speak for stripping because that's what I do, but it's all interconnected, intersexual, 
intersexual. Oh my God. Intersectional. Yeah. And it, um, I think, you know, for, it's easier to be like, they sell their bodies. And I'm always like, I don't sell my body. I sell my labor or yes. service. I sell my service. The same I'm dancing. I'm, I'm yeah. selling my skill. You know, <laughs> I belong to myself before I belong to anybody else and nobody can buy that. And I think that's, it's patriarchy. It's they've pitted women against each other and it's people understanding that just because you grew up a certain way or you have a certain belief set does not mean you get to dictate everybody's life who's worthy and who's less than we're all human beings. We're all worthy no matter what you do. And, um, my friend Seneca sent me a meme and it's a woman like posing and somebody's taking a picture and she thinks it's a full body picture and it's just a, her breast it says <laughs> oh, complex no. sex worker stories that include success, struggle, trauma, and joy. And then it says swerf and swerfs are the ones taking the picture and it says trauma. And that's what they focus on. And I think, you know, it's very nuanced and that's the thing is they'll be like, well, the trauma, like, yeah, but you know what? I've also felt happiness, sisterhood, community. I love, I love other dancers. I'm like, I will fight anyone for you. Yeah. Um, if anyone does you wrong, I love you so much. I will, you know, and I am a very like girls protect girls. Yeah. You know, not like girls support girls. I girls protect girls. Like yeah. I will not. You pay attention and you react. Yeah. Yeah. And I love them. And that's my community. So when people are like, well, you can't be a sex worker and be feminist. I'm like, well, then what the fuck am I then? Yeah. I, think, I that, think I'm a pretty cool feminist. Of like, course. Uh, it gives me such like a uh, theater kid vibes when you describe it. Cause you're like, we're like a family. And it's like, it reminds me of like being in a play for six months and you get to know those people so well that you're like, I will fight anyone for these people. They're my oh, family now. Day one. It can yeah. be one day. I'm like, look at me. I love you. And you. no one will ever hurt you with me around. You always. I get that way a lot. Like, it's funny because I was always like the youngest friend for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And now I work in a job with a lot of like, like 19, 20, 22 year olds. Isn't and that I feel, a smack in the face? It's a smack in the face. But I immediately I, I go into like mom older sister mode with so much of them. Mm. And I'm a very empathetic person. I like to acknowledge when somebody around me seems like they're not doing well. And I love to be the person to give you a hug or give you a scratch on the back or just ask you what you need. And I think that like I love taking that role on. And I also love it when other people do that for me and check in on me. So being able to build that kind of community, especially in a job where, you know, you just told a story of, you know, a very bad experience that you had. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you're able to come back to the people that you work with and share those kinds of experiences, it helps you be able to come back and do it again the next day and feel better. You're not alone. We've all been through this. What do you need? And that's oh, what yeah. I love and about how is, you talk about it. It's community. I mean, and I'm like, for my experience myself, mm -hmm. it's feminist because I'm like, I don't think I was aware politically or um, for a long time. Yeah. And probably in like the last, eight or nine years, I've started to understand exactly how politics work, problems in the system. But it was also because I am in a community that's often forgotten about or, you know, spoke of as lesser than 
you know, or people with their own agendas, they'll paint us all as victims or mm, yeah. what's another one? We're all rich and we're evading <laughs> taxes. I'm like, oh, so you're either, you're either so poor and like low in yes. society that you're like stripping is the only thing you can do, or you're like absolutely loaded and rich you know? and you're and it's, stealing money from everybody. No one can win. One spectrum or the other. And I'm like, I... Why don't I fit the mold then? This is very rude. I'm because no some... one should fit the mold. Yes. And it's like <laughs> maybe we're all just complex people and not a monolith and not yeah. one stereotype. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta. And I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. And you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and speaking about that, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you are a mom, particularly to three mm. boys. And we've talked about this just in our past conversations, but I want to hear mm-hmm. it all again about what your experience is like being a stripper and being a mom. You know, how much do your kids know? What do you share with them? What is the conversation like in your household? So on and so forth. Oh, okay. So my oldest is almost 16. And I am very, uh, I am of the parenting style where I'm honest. I'm like, I'm going to level with you. No Mm -hmm. adult has any idea what the fuck is going on. So he knows because I'm honest in everything I talk to him about. And also no one else is going to tell my kids what I do or tell me, tell them about me because they're my children and I'm not going to hide things from them. So he knows and he's fine with it obviously we've had the conversation like don't tell your friends don't because then their parents <laughs> do you think he say, has you can't go over there like do you think any of his oh, friends no. know no. do you get that vibe two of his friends said that i was hot and he was like 
You'll never look at my mother again. Do you understand me? Don't Do you know ever... how many kids probably have crushes on you though? Like how many of Gross. those boys are probably just like, you know what? If they knew my personality, they'd be like, that is a demon. And I want no part in that ever. But for now, she they're is. just playing Stacy's mom in their head every time they see you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but they don't know that Stacy's mom's a gremlin. <laughs> you don't. I want to hear that um, version of the song. Right. Stacy's mom is evil. <laughs> um, no, Stacy's mom is a fucking badass. Yeah. They're like, he is so cool about it and chill and whatever. And he's like, I, I've asked him before, like, does it bother you? He's like, it bothers me more that men are comfortable disrespecting you than what mm. you do you you know you've paid the bills you there's food in the house we're always taking care of what am I to say a job's a job and I'm honest that way too because I'm like you're gonna look at other sex workers like human beings you're not going to do what society does because your mother who loves you very much and forces you to be her best friend does this <laughs> and my younger two they don't know yet I when the time's right I'll tell them when they're a little older um, but they already, I speak to them about politics and some people are like, they're too young. No, they're not. Um, it just depends on like w- the way that you talk to kids. If you're going to give them like really complicated political jargon, then maybe they're too young, but, oh, to, but you know, because everything is political, the way that you speak to a kid is going to like, things will make sense to them. Kids are very smart. Immediately. Give them credit. And the personal is always political. Yep. So that's the problem. I'm like, I am, we didn't talk politics in my house. Mm -hmm. So, and my mom wouldn't describe herself as a feminist, but she is, she's a feminist. Um, but with them, I mean, I talk to them so much about everything. My middle son, I took him to the barber and I hear him listing off the reasons why he doesn't like cops. And I'm (laughs) like, you need to gauge who you say those things to and yeah he said she be was careful wearing vans like you were so I knew she was cool and I'm like <laughs> that is not what I'm saying to you the um, shoes we wear does not tell you um... I mean the reasons were valid <laughs> and that's like, all I can are... ask for yeah she said why are we paying them to take us to jail they get paid to be snitches I'm not allowed to tattletale <laughs> And then he had another one, but I was See, like, things just mm-hmm. make sense to kids when you explain it to you them know? like that. And I, so I just, am so open about everything with them. I'm like, that is not going to be something one, you can't shame people who aren't ashamed. And once mm-hmm. you learn shame is a social construct, mm-hmm. everything goes out the window. And that sentence just like warmed my belly. That was, Oh, I like that. You know, I just, I think my sister said that to me once when I was like considering running for office and I was like, I'll get exposed. Maybe somebody will try to hurt me. And she's like, you can't shame people who are unashamed. And what do you give a fuck what knuckle draggers think of you? And I'm like, (laughs) you're onto something. Well, and I got to say, I think that, you know, when you were talking about your 16 year old, it is such a, I'm going to toot your horn here. It is a testament to your parenting, in my opinion, because I think that a lot of kids, would have different reactions to their moms being a stripper than your son would have. And the fact that he has been taught the way that he has been about how to respect people and having the example of his own mother um, showing up for him time and time again and and maybe dissuading some of the stereotypes that he could have learned otherwise. 
Um, it just, it shows a testament to how well you've like taught him to just like be a good oh, person. I, I like him. I can take credit for him, but he came out the womb wonderful. That oh. one. So then I was like, I'm a good parent and they'll all be like him. And the other two are feral. I mean, <laughs> I love them, but they act more like me. I'm like this one. Um logical he's grounded they say that about the firstborn a lot i'm a big believer in like birth order mm-hmm. psychology yes. it's never proved me wrong yet in life so yes. the, the oldest usually is going to be like the most down-to-earth devoted to mom type person where the now, youngest is going to be diapers on the head and i'm the first oh i was wednesday adam like my <laughs> poor brother i like oh yeah I staged his kidnapping, so I thought we could go home and I could be an only child again. I, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so birth order, out the window with me. I'm so sorry. But you have to be that way. I dated uh, my ex. His older sister once convinced him that he was actually the child of aliens and they were coming back <laughs> to get him. So he had to hide in the closet and she was babysitting. She was like 10 years old. They had two. She had two younger brothers. Got my ex into the closet. He was in there for four hours pissed terrified thinking the aliens were going to come get him she just didn't want to play with him anymore (laughs) older sisters are the trauma we inflict on our younger siblings but the love we have because it's I've always said nobody punches my punching bag but me yeah about my brother and it's like my my younger brother not my I have a baby sister and a baby brother and I'm a younger brother yeah and I'm a Sagittarius and he's a Virgo. So it's already two very You aggressive. give me a lot of Sagittarius energy in a very that good is, way. I have the same big three as Britney Spears. I love <gasps> that. Like I've been chaos incarnate my whole life. I love it. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I found that out and I was like, no one can tell me anything ever again. I got to figure out but, who I have the same big three as because mine are fucked. Oh, I like you're a Pisces though, aren't you? Keegan is a Pisces. I'm a Cancer, and my <sighs> my rising is I'm I'm a cancer to a T. I was born right in the middle of cancer season. So literally everything that describes a cancer is me. My rising is Gemini, and my um I always want to say setting because rising and setting. My ascending mm-hmm. is um descending, whatever, is Scorpio. So another thing that I was reading in my research and finding questions to ask you and things like that mm-hmm. is the stereotype that it's hard for sex workers and strippers to maintain long-term relationships. What is your experience with dating and being a stripper? Oh my God. Um, so for me, I am now like I'm now in therapy working through a lot of trauma, but before it was very easy for me to want to be loved and not value myself. So I'd settle for shitty men who made it seem like they're doing me a favor. And, um, you know, and everybody's okay with dating a dancer until you actually date one. And then they're mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Why is this customer texting you? Because, you know, a couple customers do have my number and we'll be like, Hey, are you working tonight? Or I can come in this day. And and that's probably a customer that, you know, and feel comfortable with enough to get them. Cause I have a few, I mean like this totally different, but like if I, I have a couple of customers phone numbers so that when we get certain designer stuff in, I'll text them and Mm -hmm. be like, there are Chanel bags. Come on in. You know what I mean? Like things like that, because you know, the person 
to a point yeah. where you feel comfortable with it. Right. And they're a safe person. So it's more like these are regulars, people who, you know, I've danced for and it's just, hey, what are you doing? Or Yeah. I mean, there are a couple where it's like, happy birthday. And then they'll send me a gift or anything. Like, it's not a big deal about right. that. But for some people, that is But it's is also your response to it, too. Like, I think that if you were mm-hmm. in a relationship and you were totally giving into this person sending you gifts and sending you those things and, like, right. playing into it, that maybe that would be one thing. But you can't control what other people are going to do right. once they have access to you in some way. That's right. not in and your control. And I think it ties back into... Uh, you know, the ideal when people date what um, an image of what they have in their head of a person instead of a three-dimensional person right in reality in front of you, it's so easy to get caught up into the hype of it. And then also the fair, the stereotype of what you expect this person to be. And 90% of the time I look like I live under a bridge and demand that you cross you can't cross my bridge until you tell me riddles. I'm covered <laughs> in oil. I'm in pajamas. It's not, or I'm in like gym clothes. I'm not. You're not always doing anything. in your full. And do you feel like people would expect you then to always be like learning that you're a stripper, starting to date you, expect you to maybe always be like glammed up and in, in your persona? Like, do you feel like that? Yes, and I'm so sorry for them because I love to be to get as ugly as humanly possible my favorite part of the night is coming home and peeling off my eyelashes oh god I hate fake eyelashes so much oh, that would my be my favorite, favorite part too I, I hate, love them I hate I, them I did princess parties for like three months and then I asked if mm-hmm. I could just be in the mascot costumes because I was so sick I <laughs> I don't like the feeling of having a lot of things on my face so the amount of foundation and fake eyelashes and like princess blush I was like I can't do it I'd rather sweat my ass off in the sauna of the Mickey Mouse head than be princess yeah, Ariel that's again. a true <laughs> hatred because I am like I put them on and how Beyonce is like I'm Sasha fear yes you're Jay that is I'm the shade as soon as I have the eyelashes on. Um, so, and I mean, there are not, I've dated men who don't expect that, but definitely yeah. there are a couple who have been surprised that I'm a real human being who is not in fake lashes and nine inch high heels all the time. Do you but feel I've like also, there's like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but do you feel like there's oh, an expectation in like your sex life because you're a stripper with people that you date? Like, do they expect um, you to have, because I feel like for me, like an issue that I've had in past relationships is like boundaries when it comes to that, like men expecting yeah. to have yeah. sex whenever they want. And then yeah. I feel like if you are in an industry where you're already like selling sex in a way, do they then feel more entitled to have sex with you when they want to? You know what I mean? I don't know if it would be more this is so sad that I'm about to say this, or if it would be the same as a quote unquote normal woman. I mean, we're normal people too, but you know what? Um, I'm not sure, but I have definitely ran into that. And anytime I really start to think about it, my poor therapist, I love her so much because I'd be like, you know what? Just remembered something else fucked up that happened to me and I don't know if it's my experience as a stripper or as a woman in general uh-huh. in this world and we always have to walk through it so I'm not even sure if it's the same 
or if it's different, because honestly, the last how would you know the difference? (laughs) Right. Because it's my normal. That's like when I bring up my childhood and shit, my dad pulled to like traumatize everybody in the house. I'll say it and everybody else is like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I forget not everybody else dealt with what I dealt with. Oh yeah. You forget that sometimes people aren't traumatized and you make a joke and you're like, oh shit, I got too real. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, "Mm, I cannot be mysterious if I keep doing this. So the last relationship I was in, honestly, is like the healthiest relationship I've ever been in my life. Um, And he moved away to finish a PhD, but it was the bar was so low for me that it was like asking consent to kiss me or asking, am I sure I want to go farther? That was like, wow, how nice of you when that should be the bare minimum. Right. You know, and I, I'm sure that's probably a universal experience, not just an experience as a sex worker or a dancer. I mean, they're the same thing, but I'm so conditioned in my head. Um, to say like, and a dancer, like, no, it's the same thing. Show solidarity with your people. It's all the same thing. So, um, I think it would probably, it just sucks because we're in a patriarchal society where, you know, women and femme presenting people are seen as less than human a lot of times. And that's fucked up. So I'm like, I'm not sure if it would be more or the same amount. It should be zero amount for everybody. Right, of course. (laughs) I mean, so I've honestly been in one healthy relationship. And any other time, I'm honestly like, I'm not going to model that to my children. I don't want them to have that same behavior. And I, I mean, I'm a single mother and people shit on that, but also people shit on you know, women who stay too long or do that. And I was just like, my children are not going to grow up to be those men. They're, no. You're not going to be embarrassing me. Okay. Somebody's not going to call you my dusty ass fun one day. You're yeah. going to act like a decent human being. <laughs> so, um, well, and I think that being, being a mom also, I think has to put you, your perspectives in dating a little bit different too, than it would be like for me having to start dating again. Oh, I don't have agree. kids to consider with the behaviors that people exhibit. And I think that that also like has to tie into a lot of the decisions that you make in your life as well. Yeah. I mean, especially because there are, there are times that I sit here and I'm like, holy shit, I'm in charge of three people. I'm somebody's mom what the hell because my mom is the most adult adult you could ever be you know and I watched my mom go through so much shit she didn't deserve and she deserved better and now she's remarried my stepdad is amazing I love him and she's great and it makes me so happy for her because that's what she deserved all along mm. oh mom and did you just hear that too I feel the same way mom <laughs> yes Madigan's mom we love you so much you're a queen <laughs> you should have gotten it, divorced you, a long time ago <laughs> you know and that like and my thing was it's like my mom stayed when she shouldn't have and we yeah. were like fucking leave him we don't care if he's the messiah himself like leave yeah. you don't give yeah. a shit so for them I'm very quick to be like this does not serve me or them uh-huh and you are not the type of person that I would want them to grow up in but I've been in abusive relationships and you know, not just physically. So I'm like, nobody should ever have to fucking deal with that. But I'm sure as sex workers, we're more marginalized anyway. So we're not taken seriously, even when we're assaulted at work, like I was, or yeah. completely different as 
because this is my reality. So I'm like, yeah. you know, they'll be like, well, you're a stripper. You always want it. You're hypersexual. You're a sex worker. That's not, we're fucking human beings and we're not yeah. monolith and stereotypes. So it's always And maybe there are strippers me. out there that do have a super high sex drive and you've met and them and been with them. them and that's great. And then maybe there are some where this is their job. And I mean, I was doing reading and there are more women who dance professionally as exotic dancers than in any other dancing industry, like part of that world. So there are so many different avenues to how people come to be exotic dancers that they, you can't put them into one sort of clump of personality of woman, you know, especially too, because the industry is definitely patriarchal. Yeah, definitely classes. There's definitely racism and colorism at play. And you see this shit and you're like, what the fuck is going on? So to put anybody as a monolith as anything, because it's wild to me because it's like, we're already marginalized. And then of course they're going to prey on what society deems fit and unfit. And it's which crazy. Is why you des- which is why you deserve to have the people who are running these clubs to be doing better than the way that the outside world is treating you. Like that's why you need good people. And do you feel good where you're working right now? Yeah. Yeah. No. And don't get me wrong. There are clubs where they prioritize dancers and they treat them well. And it's not every club that's like that, but there are also clubs that are. So for when I see like TikToks, like I made a thousand dollars in one night, I, do all this they make so much money like that can be a reality but also you have to check reviews you need to talk to people who work there as dancers you need to ask about management and I mean at the end of the day the onus is still not on you for somebody else's shitty fucking behavior but Uh to be aware I think it just puts you in a better place you know and it's it sucks because you're never a hundred percent safe, no matter how careful you think you're, you're never fucking safe and it's never your fault. That's going to be else's shitty. But, um, I think the glorification of it, I mean, yes, there's joy in it. You can do well for yourself. You can save up and better yourself, but that's not the whole spectrum. And I think it's unfair to expect us to be like one monolith like that. Yeah. And one hurdle you face is not necessarily what the next person will face. Totally. And it's everybody's so different. And I love that. But I love them all. I think that there's a stereotype of it either being totally empowering or totally degrading instead of seeing it as being like all of those things at the same time or or them taking turns because it truly is just like having any any job where you're probably going to feel degraded. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I started talking over you. I'm so sorry. No, go. I turn on Megan the Stallion and Cardi B. I have a whole carefully curated playlist. I'm sure you do. To get me to work because there are days I don't want to fucking go. No, I and bet there are days that you're on your period and don't feel sexy. And like, you know. Yeah, like there are days you just don't want to fucking go. And there, there's like a playlist. You hype yourself up. You feel good. And I, I am in love with Megan the Stallion and Cardi B. So I'm like anything... You say you're right. We're bad bitches. <laughs> Megan and I'll the hottie right you, here. Megan. Yes. Anything you say to me, I'll do. But it's definitely. <laughs> Within reason. Within reason, Megan. I don't know. But I think it's like, I think it's sad when it's looked over the struggles we have. But I also think it's sad when you look over the joy 
and the perspective in that way because it's definitely a nuanced situation. And yeah. anytime I'm like, oh, I missed your somebody is like, what are you doing that? You're too smart. Like, we're all fucking smart. Yeah. First and foremost, we are all smart. No one's stupid. That's not. It's not real. True. No, that is. I didn't know you couldn't be smart and do this because yeah. nobody tell everybody else in the back. Yeah. Because everybody here is fucking smart and wonderful in their own way. Exactly. So what the hell? And it. That's a degrading it comment to me. It throws me off. Yeah. It throws me off. It's like, why I'm are like, you shocked that I'm intelligent because of what my job is? You could say thing, that the same thing about many college educated people who are not working jobs in the career that they went to school for. You know what I mean? Like you can't, right. you can't diminish someone by their, their exactly. job. And I'm like, that's where capitalism sucks us all over. Right. It's like yeah. some jobs are worthy. Some jobs are not, but they're all needed. And like, Nobody wins under capitalism, but we're all, unless you're a fucking billionaire. Right. But, exactly. You know, we all forced to play. Yeah. So I just am like, every job should be respectable unless you're a police officer. But that's just <laughs> my opinion. I adore you. Oh, sorry, so I had to throw it in. Like, no, I love it. I need, I need all of that in my life. Um, yes. So I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that you are so active politically in your community and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to kind of like share a little bit about what you do. Okay. So um, I've had an abortion myself and I'm a big advocate for access and um, mine honestly saved my life. So I'm like, if you need one, get one. Who yeah. gives a fuck? You don't need to be ashamed. And I think it was like 2018, 2019. It was when the stop the bands protest happened and I didn't see one here. And it, in case nobody knows, like Mike DeWine is our government governor. Oh, yes. Him. Yeah, yeah. I tag him and shit reminding him. I hate him so much. Like Ohio. And he hasn't blocked you of, yet? No, I don't know, but there are like fake Mike DeWine accounts that follow me on TikTok. And I'm like, I'm getting good. I know it. Like, I'm, he, I'm getting you. to him. Yeah. And Ohio is such a gerrymandered state. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, red states deserve what they get. Blah, blah. I'm like, it's one of the most gerrymandered states. I think we're like 48% Democrat, 51% Republican, or something along those lines, but 70% of our legislators are Republican. Yeah. So, you know, um, so there wasn't a protest happening. And I'm like, you know, who signed this heartbeat ban in Ohio is Mike fucking DeWine. And there right. was a website with a platform. So I said, we're going to protest outside his office. And shout out to Rhiannon Carnes and Sarah Inskeep. Rhiannon runs Ohio Women's Alliance. She is amazing. I had no idea what I was doing. And at the time they worked for Planned Parenthood and they were like, can we help you? I'm like, yeah, because my dumb ass was going to be out here with signs just yelling and yeah. people showed I up wouldn't, I wouldn't and know they how to start. had my back. No. And that is like, I'm always like, you need to follow the people that have been doing it now because uh-huh. I was there. I had no fucking clue what right. I was going to do without them. I love them. And I'm always like, I love Rihanna and I love how, her. I love them. How did you meet them? Like, how did that? Because I actually had a lot. Because I, it was on the map. And in Ohio, we have, and in Columbus specifically, I can't speak for all of Ohio. Mm-hmm. We have such a great activist community to where everyone, for the most part, is on the same page, upholds 
each other. We show up for each other. Yeah. But I mean, when you're organizing, you don't understand how much work it goes into like organizing a protest or a group of people because you have to make sure everybody's safe as well. And there Mm -hmm. are certain, you know, because especially with pro-choice protests is a lot of anti-choice. We call them forced birthers. They show up, they harass old women, they assault old women, they Mm. harass single parents there. And it's usually always a mom with her child. Yeah. And it's very predatory. Um, I'll send you a picture. I have one where I'm standing in front of him dancing and engaging with him because they get so aggressive. Yeah. And I started. And you're trying to kind of like throw them off. Oh, definitely. And I'll bring my kids with me if I have a friend there, but I won't bring them if I don't have someone else because they will target single parents. So you're scared. So in 2019, I had no idea. And like I said, Sarah and Rhiannon fucking saved me, saved my ass. But in Ohio, we have such a great like activist and repro rights group together. Like it is a community. Yeah. And you know, you can't do it without that. And anytime somebody's like, how do I get involved? I'm like, follow grassroots movements for causes that you care about. Always follow the people because community is what will make changes. Community. Mm. We say like, there's a good thing. And I don't know who came up with it, but they say it here. And it's, we take care of us. Mm. And that is my favorite thing. And it's, you know, and follow the people that are a part of the community communities you're advocating for, whether it's, you know, reform and sex work. And we always ask for decriminalization and yeah. you, you worry about like full service survival sex workers the most marginalized among us are the ones you need to focus on yeah so like for me it I'm not one of the most marginalized so if I listen when they speak because that's right like I listen to black and brown people have had abortions when you're talking like black liberation you listen to black people there's a great account if anybody's interested like here the community is more grassroots led when it comes to movements Mm-hmm. So I was blessed to have all of them come support me yeah. when I started. So anytime somebody takes an interest, I'm like, I will help you in the same way that they've helped me because mm-hmm. that's what you do. You pay it forward, but you also want to make sure they know what the fuck they're doing because yes. it is, you have to make sure everybody's safe. You well, don't want to like, there is a responsibility. People. Yeah. I think, and I think that like, if you're wanting to help somebody else, you're, they're helping you move your cause forward as well. So it, it is about oh, yeah. making sure that everything is like represented in a certain way and things like that. I'm just, I am so in awe of everything that you do. I wish that I could do more things like that. I would love to in the future. I definitely think that you should run for office. I think you'd be fantastic. If so you terrified. have like, I'm like mm. if you have, but I think that like the fear you need to get rid of, if you have like the want to do it and you like actually would want to spend the time. Cause that's the thing is like, I want to do it. But then once it gets to the actual job, I'd be like, I don't want to do it. So See, I feel I like you would like, be great. It's more like, I'm like, I see the way they threaten Gretchen Whitmer mm-hmm. and with the politicians I've worked with, there are certain ones that won't show up after you mentioned like you're a stripper. Because yeah. I'm like, we do get left out of the conversation of feminism constantly yeah so or you know and while it might not be malicious it does happen and so when you bring that up and somebody doesn't want to show up for whatever event you're organizing and I'm still learning so it's I guess it scares me because my motto is always like if anybody's claiming to be the face of a movement 
you need to be careful of that person because there's more than one face to the mm-hmm. movement. You, it's the people, people led. So I'm like, do I want to put my face out there like that? Because it's nice now that I get to troll Mike DeWine on Facebook. And right. when I see him in a restaurant, yell out, fuck you. And you know, Right. But if you're in the limelight, how will that change? You know yeah, what I mean? Like but, I can't. Because, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're willing to stop trolling Mike DeWine on, on TikTok so and you want to start trolling him in Congress, like I won't be mad at you. Because but I know my I'll calls to you Mitch in whatever McConnell. Your path is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know my calls to Mitch McConnell probably have me on a watch list. I love that. I'm like, uh, I'm a menace. And I think I start things like that. I'm like, I'm a menace to society whenever I'm speaking about it. Because I think like, too, like, you have to be a nice lady, like kind feminist. Mm-hmm. I think I told you that before. Like I am feral. No, it's, we are not the suffragettes of our past. We and, are. You know, the, and thank God for yeah, that. Yeah, we're the descendants the of read, like. <laughs> the more I read, the more I'm fucking appalled. I'm like, mm, could we talk about how police targets sex workers? Yes, and please. Shippers. Yes. Um, because this could be a whole episode in itself, the things yeah. they do. So like I can only speak to Ohio specifically. So in two thousand seven they passed morality laws mm-hmm. concerning strip clubs that are actually more harmful. They don't help anyone. Um, and they would go undercover vice and do raids. So Stormy Daniels was arrested at the club I worked at. And that was in July of 2018. I was there that night and they had bison and it was definitely, I don't know if the right word would be entrapment, but they were like, Stormy, put your boobs in our face, like encouraging it. And now this is all done on the city's dime. It was $75 a person that night to get in because Stormy Daniels was a feature. And if you don't know, like a feature is a dancer that comes club to club. They travel. They're normally like a porn star or a high profile dancer. Right. very it's like cool. having it's like having Dane Cook come to your little improv comedy show at the comedy yeah, center and there yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> and so like she was there she only got to do one set. Uh-huh. And then I'm bartending that night because I bartend and dance. So okay. I'm bartending and all of a sudden these four cuz they came in as two couples so that is what $300 of the city's money just to walk through the door plus their tab and right, everything they paid right. and they're they're drunk so I'm like these people are so annoying and the one undercover grabbed me and was like let's go watch her <gasps> come on which is terrifying I'm like don't touch me I don't like anybody to touch me that's like proper club protocol don't yeah. ask my fucking name don't touch me so um she's like put your boobs in our face blah 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 and like encouraging her. Well, starting from right. out of state and she didn't know Ohio's laws are so fucking weird. Like you can't touch customers or other dancers, but if they're your immediate fucking family, you can or something. There's one weird law like that. And right. Like, but these but these are people that are undercover who are asking her to do this. And they yeah. may or may not know that she probably doesn't understand what the laws yeah. are. Yeah. And so they arrested her and two other women. And it was a huge fiasco and it was, we were stalked by media outside and reporters on our Facebook. Like, do you want to talk about like, some of us don't, we're not open that we do this. Some of our families don't know you're trying to get us on film. There was one man after this that came in. He was a reporter. He had a hidden like voice recorder and he was trying to record people against their will and ask about it. 
they had bands outside with like the big satellite and it's like respect our privacy. You can put us in danger by doing this. Right. So when Stormy was arrested and they arrested the other two women, which they, I feel like they faced a lot of backlash for it probably more because they're just normal. I mean, Stormy's a normal person too. I shouldn't say that, but like they're not. But she's like celebrity. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes. So like that happened. And then the view, Whoopi Goldberg talks about it on the view and they say like, it hasn't, this law hasn't been enforced since 2007. And I don't think she did it maliciously. I just think nobody gave a fuck until it was Stormy Daniels that they targeted us and went yeah. undercover on the city's dime. Right. They'd get dances, they'd arrest us. I mean, and some of these raids, they have you sitting on the floor in your dance wear while they rifle through your shit. Oh my God. And every time they come raid, they have face masks on. The have you experienced this? Yes. Yeah, oh I mean, more than one. And it's scary every fucking time. You, they can get you with false charges. Um, they tried to charge me once, and the charges sound fucking awful. So it was illegally operating a sexually oriented business. I was in San Diego seeing my boyfriend at the time. That's what it sounds like. So what does it sound like to you that I'm sex trafficking people? Yeah, right? it sounds like you are a and sex trafficker. This shit, it prevents you from getting houses. It prevents you from getting other jobs. So like while sex work in itself may not prevent you from getting a job. The charges related when they do shit to like that. that. Yeah. Like and it's and then they close. Well, and that could be with messing prejudice. with your kids, I feel like too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and that's the point of it is to like <sighs> fuck you over. And this is also a privileged case because I'm a dancer, so it's a little different. What if I was you know, somebody, a survival sex worker, somebody more marginalized than I am. Right. And how bad that fucking hurts them. Yeah, and because now like, your job prospects are even smaller than what they were yeah. already perceived to be. Or even, oh. I mean, because I'll be honest, I'm more scared of police than I am creepy fucking men. Mm. You know, and I am always confused. I'm like, what the fuck? This is a bunch of consenting adults. Why do you care if you don't like it? Pretend it doesn't exist. Go like somewhere you fucking else. Pretend everything in the but world. But there's these exist. people that have this idea in their head that they're protecting others. Like these cops, when they're raiding these strip clubs, I wonder if their mental gymnastics has told them that they're doing this to like protect other people. Just like these terrible, you know, I don't even. raids at like the kid drag shows and things like that, where it's like in their mind, do they think that they're Are they doing raiding drag shows now? Because I don't listen, think they're I'd raiding rather... them. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if drag shows get, get raided all the time. I'd rather have a drag queen raid my, uh, read my children a story yeah. than police interact with my kids. Oh my God. 100,000%. I would like, never trust a child with a cop for two minutes. Off. I would uh, I would give away a child to a drag queen any day. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's that same mentality of people where they they tell themselves that they're doing the right thing and they're protecting people. And that's why what they're doing is OK, when in reality, they're not protecting anybody. But I think that people think of of any sort of like sex work and dancing as being like a morally corrupt thing upon our society. I would agree with maybe at and, first, you know, like it doesn't yeah, make maybe any at sense first, really but though. With them, I think it's because I've interacted with them personally. Right. And mind you, like I'm speaking about this, that vice squad has been disbanded. Okay. And um, 
with them, it's more of an abuse of power. I have power. Mm. You don't. I can come in here and spend money, taxpayer dollars um, on shit like this and make you do whatever I want or well, not make you, but, you know, try to catch you up on like if I touch you or break the law or something like that. Catch you up. You get in trouble. I'm going to be I fine. got to grope on you, do whatever the fuck I want. I had boobs in my face. I had Stormy Daniels boobs in my face. I had a great exactly. night. Exactly. On Ugh. the taxpayer's dime. So when I bring that up, I'm like, literally vice squads and undercover and people that target, target marginalized communities, it's wasteful to the community. It's wasteful yep. and it's an abuse of power and it's fucking harmful, period. And so when they are like, what would you do differently? I'm like, first of all, we need to decriminalize sex work and decriminalization and legalization are two different things that needs to be decriminalized because that's what, you know, sex workers are calling for is decriminalization. And when you want to change things, you need to ask the people to affect. And then secondly, I would like to see a lot more female ran strip clubs and I want police. I'd like to abolish those police, but I'm under no delusion that I'm going to be able to, make that happen probably ever see that ever <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right so it's like for me I'm like at least fucking end qualified immunity I don't think that's a big ask mm, if I fuck no. up at my job I'm gonna get fired why do you get to keep your job when mm-hmm. you're out here fucking killing an assault sorry I'm going on a rant no <laughs> like, I love it go and it's, it's like if I fuck up at work I lose my job yep okay? when you fuck up at but work what you happens can to go, you you can target people of color kill people of color you target sex workers assault and hurt them you know you do all this harm to communities disband fucking people without home without homes their camps you get to keep your job because you have qualified immunity and it makes no fucking sense to me no because anybody else fucks up at their job whether they're a stripper a doctor whether they're you know, working in the service industry, you lose your job. And yeah. it makes we no don't sense have to me those in. kinds of support behind us in order to like protect Agreed. the mistakes Agreed. that we make. Yeah. And everybody right. should well, be held accountable for their own actions no matter what your job is. But that's right. not the and way that the police were formed. Right. Oh. Especially the police should be <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think that's a big ask. No. So totally not. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for giving me that very long rant because that's something that I that didn't even come up in the reading that I was doing. So thank you so much for You're so welcome. Send me your resources. <laughs> I'm gonna add all of those things that Jess was talking about in the show notes. So if you have any um inquiries, you can click on those links and all that kind of fun stuff. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your expertise. Thank you for being my new friend. You're so lovely. Give your boys a big, big hug for me. I will. I will. Thank you for having me because I've been like a longtime listener fan and I'm like, I just love them so much. Well, and we've been talking about this for a while too. And I'm glad that Mm -hmm. we finally made it happen. Thank you for sticking with me through all the scheduling processes and rescheduling Um, and all of that. Anytime. Okay. That is all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. Six girls. I'm Cassie Waters. Bridget Nilsson. Mariella Williams. I'm Gloria Smith. I'm Annabelle Crow. I'm Nadia Olson. One book. Light Light face. Face.
dark ascends and whisper in the shadow. And a demon from hell. Calling Darkness, available wherever you listen to your podcasts.